0: Thank you. Thank you. Well, it's always such a thrill to be in Hastings. We love this town. We met in this town. We served God, first of all, in the church here in Kings in this town, although it wasn't called Kings then. Some of you remember Hastings Christian Fellowship. One or two of you were there. Anne Bunt, you were uh, one of the first members, weren't you? Uh, Anne Dollymore, wherever you are, I see so you around, although you're not called Dollymore anymore. Um, It's just great to be amongst family, amongst friends here this morning. I feel God has put a word on my heart for you, particularly this morning, and what I want to do is try and deliver that, almost perhaps even without looking at my notes too much, and then I think we want to respond to what God's going to be saying to us. So how many of you know that in the Bible, it's not about leadership, it's about the body of Christ? And it's so important, even leadership, the only function of leadership in the New Testament, as far as I can see, is actually to release the body of Christ. The Bible says this, Ephesians chapter 4, that the Lord Jesus, the risen Lord Jesus, has given apostles and prophets and pastors and teachers and evangelists to equip the saints for work of ministry. So actually, the church is all about the priesthood of all believers. It's about us together. And sometimes when we're a setting like this, just because there's so many of us, we tend to be a little front-led. We tend to be a little front-driven. Well, that's certainly not the heart of the leadership here. It's certainly not the heart of the movement that we're all part of, the bigger family, that we're part of new frontiers. We love the fact that every member is a minister of the gospel. We love the fact that everyone counts and you've got a really unique part to play in the body of Christ. In fact, the New Testament talks about one another. It'd be interesting to know. Do you know how many times in the New Testament the phrase one another is mentioned? Is interactive? <laughs> Lots, somebody said. It's, somebody said it. A hundred. It's a hundred times one another is mentioned in the New Testament. D- different theologians count different ways, and it depends which Greek words you use. But about a hundred times in the New Testament, it talks about one-anothering or one another. we should what's the top one what's the most important one what's the one that comes up the most love one another see so you very well taught church steve love one another okay does anyone know what the second one is oh very, who said that go to the top of the class that's very good most people don't say that but you are brilliant what's your name hmm? yvonne yvonne have a have a star have a medal <laughs> Well done. The second one is one we don't talk a lot about. It's actually encourage one another. It comes up four or sometimes five times. It depends how you translate the word exhort. Let me just give you them. It says this in 2 Corinthians 13 verse 11. Finally, brothers and sisters, rejoice. It says strive for restoration. Encourage one another. Be of one mind. Live in peace and the God of love and peace will be with you. One thessalonians four verse eighteen, therefore encourage one another with these words. What words well, in that case it 's talking about Jesus is coming back, and Jesus is going to come back for a healthy, mature, fit bride for heaven, and we 're going to dwell in a new eternity on earth, a renewed earth, and we should encourage one another with those words one thessalonians five eleven encourage one another and build one another up hebrews ten verse twenty five let us not give up meeting together, which obviously you're not doing. Let us not enc- uh, give up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another, and all the more, as you see the day approaching. And Hebrews 3, verse 13, this is the one that sometimes in the ESV translated exhort, but it's really the same root word, encourage. It says this, Encourage one another daily as long as it's called today. Isn't that funny? It's like, don't put it off till tomorrow. Do it today. And I think we're not very good at this as a church, generally. We think good thoughts about one another, but we often don't say good thoughts to one another. We often think that was good. So let me just say, it's there, Nick. I thought it's superb worship time this morning. Great to see you stepping out. Great to see you I mean, I've known you since you were a pretty young guy, and uh, perhaps not so young now, but uh, (laughs) you're still younger than me, says. But I just thought you led us so well, and then you're doing this exhibition. I always knew you were an exhibitionist, so uh, that's fantastic. No, just so good, and just wonderful to hear languages and interpretations this morning. I thought that was so cool, as Becky brought that beautiful language of the Holy Spirit her heart crying out to God. I think it was Nat, uh, Natalie that then brought the interpretation of that. So it's really good to encourage one another. How many of you were encouraged by those things I've said already? But let me ask you, and you've got I'm not expecting a response now, many of you probably wouldn't have gone to them afterwards. Many of you would, but many of you wouldn't. I want to encourage you to be more and more of an encouraging church. I believe that should be written over King's Hastings, encouragement, that whatever people get when they come here, the most enduring thing they should go away is the encouragement of God, the love of God, and encouragement of the brothers and sisters. It's really important. Now, what does the word mean? Well, in English, it's pretty obvious. It means encourage, to put courage in. So to fortify, to strengthen. In Greek, it has two kind of meanings. The first one is this, to build you up or to fortify you, to make you stronger. Well, that's good, isn't it? We want, to, we need to be stronger, don't we? We need to be built up. We need to, that the God would build us up in our most holy faith. We need to be stronger in God. Well, encouragement is a wonderful activity of the Holy Spirit that puts strength in you and builds you up. The other kind of root meaning of the word is to come alongside someone And to kind of provoke them forward. So it's the same kind of idea. One's to build you up, so you go out a little bit taller, a little bit stronger. The other one's to come alongside you and to kind of like provoke you, to kind of push you, kind of motivate you forward, actually with a kind of hint into battle and into life and into all God's called you for. So that's the kind of the meaning of the word encouragement. But actually, we shouldn't be at all surprised to find out that our God is primarily a God of encouragement. In fact, God very rarely asks us to do something that he doesn't himself do or model himself. So actually, the first one, we said, we should love one another. Well, actually, God is love. And he sent his son to demonstrate that love and to die on a cross for us, to demonstrate his beautiful love for us. God is love and he encourages us to love one another. Now, God himself is a God of encouragement. Let me give you a verse for that. Romans 15, verse 5. May the God who gives endurance and encouragement give you a spirit of unity amongst yourselves. So God who gives encouragement... So this is not just about us encouraging one another, this is about us receiving affirmation from God. I can't remember who it was, beautifully said this morning, about that this is my son in whom I'm well pleased, and knowing God's pleasure and knowing God's love, and that's wonderful. We need to be those who know God's love. We need to be those who are secure in the affirmation of God, that we're not looking for others primarily to affirm us because we know God affirms us and God loves us. Encouragement primarily comes from the Lord, it comes from him. Another great verse, 2 Thessalonians 2 verse 16. May our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God the Father, notice it's going to get a bit trinitarian in a minute, but notice this, it says, may our Lord Jesus Christ and God our Father who loved us and by his grace gave us eternal encouragement and good hope, may he encourage your hearts and strengthen you in every good deed and word. That's what God does. He comes to encourage, to fortify, to strengthen, to build us up, to provoke us forward. And of course, those of you who are more theologically minded will know where I'm going with this. Because actually, it's not just an attribute of God. It's not just something that God does to us. Actually, he names himself as the encourager. When Jesus gathers his disciples at the end of his earthly ministry and he says to them, I'm going to go away. In a little while longer, I'm not going to be with you. And then the the disciples are kind of in dismay, but he says, don't worry, because I'm going to send one just like me. And in fact, it's going to be slightly different because I've been, if you notice the language there in John 15, 14, 15, 16, 17, he says, I've been with you, but he is going to be in you. And he... Is going to fill you, empower you, and he is going to come alongside you. In fact, the Greek word is the parakletos, the one who comes alongside to motivate us forward. It's actually the same concept, the same word as encourager. And Jesus, in some translations, Jesus says, I'll send the helper, the advocate, the strengthener, or in some versions, it actually says the encourager. So the Holy Spirit is actually the encourager. He's the one who does it. It's what God names himself to be. And therefore, we shouldn't be surprised that it's not just an attribute of the Holy Spirit. It's actually a gift of the Holy Spirit. We don't talk a lot about that. We talk about the gift of languages. We talk about the gift of prophecy. We talk about the gift of healing and miracles. These are wonderful gifts of the Holy Spirit, and we need to talk more about them. But we rarely talk about the gift of encouragement. And I have the privilege of knowing this church a little bit. And you have some wonderful gifts of encouragement here, don't you? See, there are some, there's some incredibly encouraging people here. Sue Edwards, that was. <laughs> you, just, I mean, you are just an encourager. You, you are. The gift of encouragement lives within you. Uh, the Spirit of God lives within you. You need to know that. And there's, there's others I could name. In fact, there's others I will name. Gary Dyer I don't know where he is he's kind of mysterious as he disappears when the meetings are going on. I don't know what he's doing but Ga- Ga- he's on the beach I think with his uh, <laughs> Gary Dyer is such an encourager such an encouragement there's there's many others here the, the whole burford family I mean I, I couldn't I couldn't pick a burford because there's like the whole bang shoot you, you guys are just so encouraging see you're laughing because you know actually she's not here this morning but She's one of my favourites. Don't tell her, Judy Wales. um, She's such an encourager. I mean, you know, she's told me off a few times when I was a young when I was a young elder here. But actually, do you remember that? But. But, where's Tony? There he is, he's laughing. Judy is such an encourager, isn't she, Tony? She really does. She puts strength, she puts fortitude, she puts encouragement. Jim and Jackie Bibby, such encouragers. This church is full, Angie. This church is full, Sarah Mann. As I'm looking around, I can just see people in whom the gift of encouragement lives and dwells. It says this in Romans 12, verse 8, listing gifts of the Holy Spirit. We always go to... 1 Corinthians 12, but Romans 12 also has a great list of gifts of the Spirit. And it says, if your gift is encouraging, I mean, the Bible is so brilliant. It says, if your gift is encouraging, encourage. Please do it. Please be released in it. And, you know, it's not that difficult. It's not that hard. I've already just done it. I've just modelled it to you so easily. It's so easy. I mean, sometimes it can be hard, I think, to come up with a prophetic word. Maybe maybe it's hard or a big thing to step out speaking in another language. Maybe it's a hard thing to go and pray for the sick. I mean, these things should be more easy for us, but surely encouragement is something we can all do. We can just step out in it. We can and should encourage one another really easily. You might think, well, it's it's not as important a gift as prophecy. Well, actually, let me tell you this. At the very heart of prophecy is actually encouragement. Prophecy isn't about predicting the future. Prophecy is about putting the strength of God into us and us seeing ourselves and our circumstances, not as we see them in the natural, but as God sees them in the supernatural. So we get a verse like this in 1 Corinthians 14, verse 3. The one who prophesies speaks to people for their strengthening, encouraging, and comfort. So actually right at the heart of New Testament prophecy is actually encouragement. So you're getting the message. So when should we encourage one another? Let me just be really practical. Let me root this. It's summer. It's a warm day. It's, we're not going to go in too long this morning. But I want to root it really practically in your life. Firstly, number one, when somebody is a blessing to us. So just as we've seen, those people this morning we should be actively encouraging them. We should be going to them and saying, what you did this morning, what you stepped out in the spirit, what you said, how you've modelled something, the lifestyle that you're living, what you're saying, what you're doing, how you're raising your family, how you're bringing up your, your children, how how you're loving your husband or your wife, how you're running your business, how you conduct, that is just such an encouragement to me. You are such a blessing and I want to say thank you very much. If we did that, the church would be so much stronger. We would be so much more built up. We would be so much more provoked and pushed forward. That's an easy one to do. Like the verse that I'm kind of hanging this on this morning. The verse from Hebrews 3. Encourage one another daily as long as it's called today. Isn't that funny? It's never called tomorrow. It's never yesterday. Don't put it off. Don't regret it do it today. Even while I'm speaking, right? start to make a mental list, or if you've got a piece of paper or an iPhone or electronic, other electronic devices are available, start to make a list of two or three people that you just say, I want to encourage them. Because sometimes we need memory jobbers, sometimes we just need to provoke ourselves into doing it. Secondly, when others are succeeding... So again, a little bit this morning, like these guys, they stepped out in faith, didn't they? They, So I want to encourage them stepping out in faith, stepping out. Now, stepping out doesn't always mean success as the world sees it. I think, do you know what? We probably need a little bit of a new definition of success. Success isn't necessarily getting it all right all the time. Success is about obedience to step out in the things of God. And sometimes, in fact, more often than not, probably... I make more mistakes than most of you most weeks, probably. And that's honestly true, because I'm stepping out in various settings and getting things wrong and maybe not doing things right. I'm not talking about sin, I'm just talking about mistakes. I'm talking about getting it wrong. And actually the Bible is okay with us stepping out and even falling over. Let me give you an illustration. How many of you have ever seen a little crawling baby you know babies when they crawl on the floor you've never seen a little baby crawl on the floor and then get up and you know they don't do that do they you know that it's a freak that would do that and not a, nor, a normal I mean, sorry if you've got a freakish baby but a nor a normal baby doesn't do that in fact normal babies and and i've got to personify this my mother and father and sister are in the audience and uh, they'll uh, identify i was a bit of a chubby baby wasn't i wasn't I, Joanna? Yeah, thank you. Uh, they've got photographic evidence to prove it if you want it. Uh, you might say I'm chubby now, which I am, but I was even chubbier then. There some, they were mean to me, my parents. There were some photographs I've got with the short, I've got shorts, but their shorts are so tight that the fat is like bub, you know, you know, like it does around your tummy when it's doing that around the shorts. It's so, they were so cruel to me. And, uh, but anyway, it's, it's all for sympathy. That's it. You, you're, you're buying it, Nick, so it's good. So, anyway, you get the chubby baby, and the mother stands the chubby baby up, and you know, in the end, gravity kind of takes over, and because babies have a relatively low centre of gravity, you know, baby stands up and he goes, bang, on the floor. And she goes, oh, he's taken his first step. Isn't it wonderful? Well, do you think? No, he's not, he's fallen over. Anyone, you know, if you just. And then she stands him up again, and this time, Maybe a little leg goes out and then he falls over on his face. Mother keeps encouraging or father keeps encouraging, keeps encouraging, until baby really does take his first step. This is what it says in the Bible, in Proverbs 24. The righteous man, the righteous man, falls seven times, yet rises again. Seven times doesn't mean six plus one. In the Bible, seven is a kind of number of completeness. It's like putting a Jesus, Peter came to Jesus and said, how many times should I forgive my brother? Seven times? And Jesus goes, well, I'll try seven times, 77. You know, you can see Peter trying to work it out. It means a lot. It doesn't matter how many times you fall going forward. It doesn't matter. You're stepping out in God. You make a mistake. You don't do it right. You don't quite witness right. You don't quite bring a gift of the spirit right. You don't quite do that thing right. At work. It doesn't matter. We want to encourage you. We want to bring blessing to you. We want to say, well done for stepping out. Well done for stepping out in God. Well done for stepping forward. It's not about success as the world sees it. It's about obedience to God and obedience to the Holy Spirit. So encourage one another when you see people stepping out. Now, in that, let me just say a few things. Firstly, be honest. If it was rubbish don't say it was wonderful, say well done for having a go. (laughs) So you, you can find some honesty in it. You want some reality in it. You want to be generous with it. You want to give it away freely. And also you want to be specific with it. Don't just say, oh isn't it generally good how Nat is growing in spiritual gifts. You need to be specific. Nat, that was great this morning when you brought that interpretation to that particular language. I felt this about it. I'm a bit naughty sometimes. I told you I was. And people, I probably get more encouragement in terms of a Sunday preach, or I'm I'm perhaps preaching much more regularly than that, but I probably get more encouragement than most of you get in a long time, because of the privileged position I have in terms of being a bit more upfront, front, it shouldn't be the case, but it's true, but I'm a little naughty with it sometimes, I might do it with one or two of you today, and this is what happened, people come up to me and they'll say, oh great word, great word, Steve, you know, great word pastor, great word, whatever, and I'll say, what was great about it? <laughs> what what was specifically because if someone just thinks it was good generally then they're kind of generally encouraged but actually if it, you be specific it's like what specifically helped you then actually they can be specifically encouraged in it i would just want to say to you keep encouraging one another when you're stepping out and when you're stepping forward thirdly so when people have been a blessing number two when people are succeeding, and we've got to have a new definition for success. Thirdly, when they're in failure, when they're in difficulty, when they're in trouble. We still need to encourage and build people up and come alongside them and push them forward. I came across this great quote on internet. It says this, A word of encouragement during a failure is worth more than an hour of praise after success. So actually, even when we failed, even when we've made really lashed up, even when we've done something bad, actually, we should still be putting courage into one another. We still should be encouraging one another. One Thessalonians five verse fourteen: We urge you, brothers and sisters, warn those who are idle and disruptive, but encourage the disheartened. If you're disheartened this morning, if you're discouraged this morning. Look, my one prayer for you is that you would not go out of this place without being fortified, without being encouraged, without the Holy Spirit speaking to you and encouragement coming to you. It's interesting, they've, uh, they can wire people up to machines these days and look at all sorts of brain activity. And they can look at the uh, influence of various drugs, even legal drugs like caffeine or alcohol. They can see what that does. To the brain they can wire it up they can see electrical activity they can also see where people feel good they can find these centers of f- f- good feeling feeling good feeling bright feeling happy feeling provoked feeling encouraged they can actually wire that up you know and do it on the brain well they've actually found that if you wire someone's brain up exactly the same activity can be found if you encourage them If you start to speak truth and good things to them, you'll find that same things light up in their brain. Because actually, encouragement works. God has wired us. Somebody read that beautiful psalm at the end. We're fearfully and wonderfully made. In my mother's womb, he knit me together. Well, actually, we're wired to need, not alcohol or caffeine, we're wired to need encouragement. Even, particularly, I would argue, through times of difficulty in a secular magazine recently I read this it was a magazine on leadership not a Christian one it says this encouragement sounds like such a small thing it's subtle, it's cute it's the sort of thing you do with timid kittens you know, oh there there oh there there little kittens, aren't they sweet that he, this guy, not a Christian this guy is saying this that, but encouragement isn't cute it's powerful When you're encouraging people, you're instilling courage. And that research, in terms of wiring people to the brain, this is the quote they came up with. Encouragement makes you stand a little taller. It makes the world feel a greater place. It can even be the highlight of someone's whole year. Given how good it feels, and the fact that it's legal ethical, and has no unintended side effects, you think people would naturally do a lot more of it. (laughs) Brothers and sisters, God's view of humanity is right. We should encourage one another. Now, the sense of motivating you forward. When we've failed, when we've fallen over, when we've made a mess of things, we actually need people who can pick us up you can put an arm around us and can motivate us forward, because you know this so well in this town. Do, do we still have the slogan 1066 popular or, or Hastings are popular? With, was it popular with tourists since 1066? Does it, do you still have that? I thought in my day that was the slogan of Hastings. It said Hastings popular with tourists since 1066, and because you know what happened in 1066, you know the great battle, we don't have to rehearse that here, but you know the great selfie that was taken at the time, took a little longer than a nanosecond, but the the, the Bayer tapestry, has any of you seen the Bayer tapestry, has visited Hastings a few years ago? Yes, some of us have seen the Bayer tapestry. Pictorial, if you're a visitor, it has the pictorial representation like a tapestry would of the whole Battle of Hastings. And there's a very famous scene in which King Harold, who was the King of England at that time, of course, losing to William the Conqueror, Buhis. But at the time, it shows King Harold, and it says, King Harold encourages, or the, the Latin word could also be translated comforts. But King Harold com- comforts or encourages puts strength into the troops. How is King Harold putting strength into the troops? He's not patting them on the head. He's actually got a spear out their backside, if you excuse the French. Um, and he's kind of like provoking them and motivating them. He says, come on, guys, into the battle, come on. And that's what encouragement does. Because there is a battle, guys, that we're involved in. There are forces that array arrayed against us. There are difficulties that we encounter. There are things, obstacles and challenges and circumstances that come against us. Actually, one of God's plans for the people of God to overcome those hurdles, to press through and to be victorious, one of them is that we might be fortified and encouraged and provoked further into the battle. So even in failure, even in difficulty, even in those times, we need encouragement. We need people to speak and for us to see things as God sees them, not how we see them. That's why I think it's so linked with the prophetic. The prophetic is, is making you see things from God's perspective. Because, you know, we don't walk by sight anymore. We walk by faith. We don't walk by the natural. We walk by the spiritual. Actually, we walk in the spirit. The Christian life is a walk of faith. And actually, we just see things like God sees them. And encouragement is one of those things that helps you to do that. Encouragement is one of the things that cuts through our natural thinking and gives us supernatural thinking. It's so important. Do you remember the time the children of Israel went into the battle at Kadesh Barnea? They'd been in the desert for 40 years. Uh, actually six weeks at that time, they've been in the desert for a few weeks, they've come out of Egypt, and Moses is going to lead them into the promised land, at least that's the hope. They send the spies in to spy out the land, and they come back with this amazing report. Wow, massive fruit, flowing with milk and honey, incredible land, but the sons of Anak and the Philium are there and there's a few big people in the land and do you know what we felt like grasshoppers in our own eyes see they looked in the natural and we felt like grasshoppers do you feel that sometimes you're faced with these challenges you're faced with an array of problems you're faced with difficult we feel like grasshoppers in our own eyes God wants to speak encouragement into you to you see things as he sees them. David was a whole different kettle of fish. When David comes to the battle, when he comes in to deliver the cheese to his brothers, when he comes into the battle, he says, What are you guys afraid of, that big guy? That that's just an uncircumcised Philistine. We're the army of the living God. Who what on earth are you cowardice for? What? See, he saw things differently. And, dear friends, I think we need encouragement to see things as God sees them, to see things differently. Now, some people say, Jeremy, don't encourage people too much. People have actually said this to me don't encourage people too much. They, their tendency is to get big headed. You know, people will get proud, they'll get arrogant. Do you know what? That is very rarely our problem. It's very rarely our temptation. It's very rarely, almost always, the opposite is true. It's like looking at grasshoppers in our own eyes. It's like looking at the circumstances, feeling we're weak. Actually, often we don't think of ourselves as powerful and strong and spirit-filled. We're seeing ourselves as quite small. And actually, that verse that I started with, which is kind of like the motto or the verse for this morning, it goes on to say this in Hebrews 3.13. Encourage one another, as long as it's called today that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. You see, it's actually discouragement, disheartenment, that will bring sin's deceitfulness to us, that will make us see things wrongly. Actually, encouragement enables us to see things as God wants us to see them, and to see them with his eyes. So, dear friends, I want to encourage you to continue to be an encouraging people. And lastly... Let me say this. I said you encourage people when they've been a blessing, when they're succeeding, although we need a new definition of success, when people are failing or in difficulty. And lastly, we should be encouragements in life. We should be the most encouraging people that people meet tomorrow. Wherever you're doing tomorrow, whether it's a day off, whether it's a holiday time, whether it's study time, whether it's in the office, whether it's retirement, whatever tomorrow brings, actually you're going to bump across probably 20, 30, 40 people in some shape or form. Are they going to be encouraged by you or not? Are they going to be blessed by you? Because in the end, I believe God has called us as Christians to be a blessing to the world. And actually, sometimes it's not the gospel message at first people need to hear. They need to have some love and some mercy, and some grace, and some goodness to soften hard hearts and to to open blind eyes. You see, the Bible says this, it's the kindness and goodness of God that will lead to repentance. And sometimes we come in with a gospel message harshly when we haven't even shown some love. And actually it's love that opens up the gospel message. God so loved the world that he gave his son. And actually, I believe God is more and more calling us in this town to be a witness of love to people. By this shall all men know that you're my disciples, that you display love, that there's love amongst you, there's love pouring out of you. I just want to encourage, Anne is so much better at this than me. It really gets to me sometimes, because we go into a supermarket, a little window in our life, we are going to a supermarket. I generally don't like going into supermarkets, but if I do, I'm on a mission. I want to get into the supermarket, I want to go to the shelf, I want to say Where, which shelf is it, I know exactly what it is, get it, bring it to the till, quickly get out of there as soon as I can. My biggest battle is finding the right till. My biggest battle is, and these days there's so many tills and there's so many people queuing up. And I'm doing kind of mental maths. So I going, which is the quickest one? That's, there's, there's five people in that queue, but notice they've only got a few items. There's two people in that queue, but they've got a lot of items. So I'm kind of doing this mental maths, working out, because I want to get in and out. And While I'm doing that, Anne's already chatting to somebody in the queue. Don't chat to the man. We want to get out. We want to get in, we want to get out. And then when she gets to the cashier, she wants to... I don't chat to her. Just pay her the money. Give her the card. Punch in your number. Get out. You know, she doesn't want to chat to you. You don't want to chat to her. And Engaging. And yeah, you know, she, she shops in the same place and the same supermarket regularly. So she gets to know the few girls that are on the, or guys that are on the till. And one girl was a girl called Mandy that Anne's recently been just chatting with and saying hi. And she said, I was there. She said, Oh, hi, Mandy. How did the operation go last week? I said, don't ask her about her medical history. It's not the doctors. You know, we I not, and she, said, oh, it went quite well. Thank you. And Anne said, I have been praying for you, you know. And suddenly Mandy's whole face lights up. Well, that's encouragement. That's the love of God. Now, did Mandy has Mandy come to Christ yet? No, but actually, I believe she's more likely to, because Christians are showing her love and are praying for her and are showing mercy. Encourage one another. So I thought I'd give it a go. So I went to. We were at a. That's not funny, actually. This then should really it should lead into a really bad story of how I failed, but actually it's quite good. I went to a hotel. I thought I'm going to I'm going to encourage it. You know, you go to the hotel reception and there's only there's only Right, apart from checking in and checking out, there's only one thing you do when you go to a hotel reception during the day. And what's that to do? Complain. That's right. See, we know that. Yes, we're good at that. <laughs> we're British. We're, we're kind of, you know, we've, we're very good complainers. And I went to the hotel reception. Middle of the day. She knew we were a Christian group. She knew we were a Christian little gathering. And, and I said, oh, uh, I just want to make a comment and she th- her head was down and I said look I stay in hotels all over the world and she, I, she thought she knew what was coming and I was going to complain I just said look I just want to say your staff are some of the most well trained I've ever seen and I just want to say thank you you've really served us you've helped us in our and like, her whole face brightened up it's like I'd given her £100 it was free I thought I, I must follow Anne in this a bit more I must start to do this a bit more and I've tried to it. and Anne says sometimes to me you weren't very encouraging today were you I'm getting better, she says. <laughs> I'm learning off the master, off the great one. <laughs> Seriously, I believe God will give you prophetic opportunities. Yeah, you know, we talk about praying for the sick or having prophecies. I believe God gives us opportunities almost hourly to be encouraging, to be kind to be gracious, to be full of love. This is the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, long-suffering, self-control. This is what should come out of our pores. This is what God is calling us to do. So we're going to end this word this morning. There's so much more we could have said, but we're going to end this by doing some of it. Because the problem is this. You could be deceived right now by thinking you're an encouraging people. By thinking encouraging thoughts. But actually, Jesus says... You are blessed, not if you know the word, but, you're, but if you do the word. So what we're going to do right now, and this is a bit of a risk, I don't know if this is going to work. If you're a visitor here, it could be kind of fun, because we don't know you, but we'd like you to uh, take part in this as well, if you're up for it. If you are a visitor, there is no pressure for you to do this, but I want you to feel welcome that you could, and that you're welcome to. I felt, as I was praying this morning, that there are some people here who've just got their heads down who are discouraged, who have had circumstances or difficulties in life that have just left them feeling less fortified in the battle than they should, less provoked forward. A sense of discouragement, a sense of, ah. And I just want us, as the body, to encourage one another this morning. Now, it's a bit of a risk in a big setting like this. Firstly, are we going to be brave enough to self-identify? Please do it for me. No, do it for Jesus do it for one another secondly are we actually then going to be able to do this and encourage one another because what tends to happen in these ministry settings and sometimes we as pastors and leaders are to blame we do the ministry at the end we kind of do the stuff as John Wimber used to say but actually where I started the body of Christ is to do the stuff you're to do the encouragement not me I've done my bit you need to do your bit now so if that's you I'm just going to pray if that's you when I have finished praying I wonder if you would be brave enough to stand. If you can't stand for whatever reason, then just wave your hand, because I know there's some people here who can't stand, but just wave your hand and we'll include you in this as well. So this is, if you felt any sense of discouragement, Lord Jesus, I thank you for this wonderful church built on such a great foundation. Lord, I thank you that this is a church of encouragement. And Lord, I want to pray for any one of my brothers and sisters here this morning who feel, for whatever reason, discouraged, disheartened. Their heads are down a bit. Their hands are hanging limp. For whatever reason, I want to pray now, Holy Spirit, you are the paracletos. You are the encourager. You're the one who comes alongside, pushes us forward. Come, Holy Spirit, bring encouragement to us now. In Jesus' name and for his glory. And we ask you, Lord, it wouldn't just be a Sunday morning exercise But this would be a lifestyle lived from kings, penetrating right into dark places in this world that you love so much. In Jesus' name. Amen. So if that's you, if you felt any sense of discouragement or disheartenment, would you just like to stand now? There's going to be a few of us. That's it. There's going to be quite a few of us. Thank you. There's going to be quite a few of us. I'm glad you did that. <laughs> I think there's a few more as well. There's one or two more. If you're brave enough to stand, that's it. Well done. One or two more. That's it. That's okay. It's good. One or two more. Thank you. Anyone else just feel a sense of discouragement? I knew there'd be a few here this morning. And it's not always the people you expect to be discouraged. And some of these are encouraged themselves, but they've just felt discouraged for whatever reason. Just give it one or two more minutes, thank you. Now what we're going to do, and by the way, while we're doing this, one or two of you can still stand as well, if you like. I'm going to be very brave, and under, I've already submitted this to Steve, and Steve's just going to watch out in case there are any visitors. I don't know. One or two of you might be visitors. I really don't know. I know some of you definitely aren't. But one or two of you might be visitors. If there's visitors here, then I'm asking the leadership of the church here and the prophetic team and those who are kind of used to this thing to bring prophetic encouragement. And it doesn't have to be a prophetic word. You just I just want you to speak. And this is for all of us, by the way. I want you to come to the microphone. And I want you to pick somebody out. You know, Sarah Mann here. And I just want you to encourage her. I want you to say something... Helpful and blessing. It could be a prophetic word, but it doesn't have to be. Prophetic words sometimes are up there. Encouragement, I think we just need to start where we are and just speak. Speak what you see over the person. Speak what a blessing they have been to you. Speak what you see in their life. Speak what you what you think God would say and want to bless them. This is my son, this is my daughter in whom I'm well pleased. So who's what I'd like is for a cure.